Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. Five goals in 20 minutes. It's just, you can't do that. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Plenty to get through in terms of uh, Formula One. OTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, motorsport journalist Jess McFadden is on the line with us this morning. Jess, very good morning to you. Good morning. I, I, there, there's so many, oh, like you, you'd think ordinarily after Max Verstappen winning a, a world title, we'd start with that. But I, I actually want to start elsewhere and we'll get to the, to the Red Bull budget cap issues as well. But um, terrifying images uh, coming out of the, the race in Japan at the weekend. Uh, from Pierre Gasly's onboard footage. Now, this this is uh, not unusual in, in Japan. We had the, the terrible incident in 2014 uh, when Jules Bianchi was killed when his car uh, went into a, a tractor essentially off track. There's been a lot of uh, outpouring of um, concern from the drivers after this race as well. Jess, you might explain to us what happened um, and just how close a call it was on Sunday uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely. So we had some pretty awful weather out in Suzuka at the weekend. Uh, It was just relentless rain for most of Sunday, which meant that uh, we had a delay to getting the race started. Um, But the FIA have been criticised actually at the round before in Singapore for not getting things underway. Fans like to point out the fact that we do have something called a wet tyre, which is meant to be able to allow for racing in the water. But you could see when we did get things going, the standing water that we had on track was just incredible. And these cars dispel water at a pretty crazy rate. Um, And we saw rooster tails, which is what we refer to when you see just great big washes of water being kicked out of the back of these cars. You know, they're they're aerodynamically built to to kick anything out of its way so that they can go as fast as possible. And the the visibility was was just terrible. There was standing water. And what we found was when we did get racing going, Carlos Sainz aquaplaned, which in itself, the the instant that Carlos has was, was quite scary in itself. He had zero control over the car just skidding across the water um, and hit the barriers quite hard but he was he was okay um but what that did mean was that they then had to rescue his car so the FIA called uh, a safety car to slow the cars down to get them all bunched up so that they could then safely recover the car now this is where it gets a little bit confusing because what we did see on the images so the rules are that there are not meant to be any cranes on track uh, which is the cranes are what we use to recover any stricken vehicles. They shouldn't be on track if there are race cars on track or if we are not under uh, a red flag scenario where we've, where we've stopped the race and the cars have pulled into the pits uh, and are no longer out on track. Um, but we saw from images that, that whilst the safety car picked up uh, Max Stappen, who was the leader at the time, um, they did go past the crane and the crane was out on track. Now, what the what w- that becomes unclear and the reason why the Gasly scenario was maybe a little bit more scary was um, Pierre Gasly took the, the move to pit for different tyres and to change his front wing. So he ended up being a long, long way away from the rest of the cars that had then been picked up by the safety car. And what's normal procedure is for any cars that find themselves a long way away are allowed at a certain speed to catch up with the pack, essentially. So that's what he said he was doing. 
Um, and when he came around the corner to where Carlos Sainz had had the, the accident, there was a crane out on the racing line and he was going a lot quicker than any of the cars that were behind the safety car. And so when he saw it, well, just about saw it, because again, as I said, the visibility was so uh, bad, he he was incensed because, as you mentioned, that was uh, a similar reason as to why Jules Bianchi had his awful crash that eventually cost him his life. So there was a lot of very emotive reaction to that from all the drivers. Uh, we did have a red flag scenario uh, not long after or not long before Gasly actually uh, caught up with the crane or got to the point on the track where the crane was. But there was genuinely about two seconds between the red flag being called and Gasly getting to the to the section where the, the crane was. So it wasn't enough time to have really any reaction. Uh, now, he was Gasly was found to have been speeding under red flag situation, which uh, cost him a 20 second time penalty post race. Um, but it was it was it was basically the the question as to why there was allowed to have been a crane on track in the first place. Because by our understanding of the rules and by the driver's understanding of the rules, there shouldn't have been one there at all. Uh, and you see the images of Pierre Gasly in the in the pit lane afterwards, understandably incensed. I think he was picked up on camera saying, "I could have been killed," um, mm-hmm. and he had every right to be incensed. And, and even reading uh, Jules Bianchi's father, Philippe, on Instagram, he's uh, posted an image, a screen grab of the of Gasly's car going past this crane, and he said, "No respect for the life of the driver, no respect for Jules' memory." Incredible. And, and as as Gasly pointed out as well, regardless of what speed he was doing, even if he was doing as low as maybe a hundred kilometers per hour, if he had been a metre or two to the left and as you said it was on the racing line uh, the reality is Pierre Gasly would have been taken off that track in a body bag uh, that is what everybody is quite terrified about and, and you mentioned Jules well the FIA did a report after the Jules Bianchi incident that cost him his life and there is there is in the report that they said that they will um essentially make sure that there are no vehicles on track, no recovery vehicles on track whilst there are drivers on track. And that's not what happened. Now, the FIA have said they're going to launch an investigation into what happened, but they are doubling down on the fact that it's not unusual for cars to be, uh, for cranes to be on track under red flag scenario. The issue is that we all saw the crane was there before the red flag scenario. So either something, there's been a breakdown of communication where the clerk of the course, who is the person who, who controls what happens around the circuit, has either there's been a, a, a breakdown of communication. They've not been in contact with uh, the the marshals who are operating those cranes, um, but something went wrong. Something it's it it definitely looks from the outside that that, that there was something where that crane shouldn't have been there. Um, and we're waiting to hear what the FIA concludes. But I mean, it's a self investigation, so um, I'm kind of not holding out hope that they're going to say that they did any wrongdoing they don't seem to like to admit when they do anything wrong um but it it definitely needs to be looked at because as you say it was pretty disrespectful for for jules's memory i think fans were um understandably upset by it um but as i said we'll have to wait to see what the fia say Jess, the papers are all full this morning with the um, the notion that Red Bull are going to be punished as a team, but that nothing is going to happen to Verstappen for their overspending last year, which I think is kind of what people had predicted in advance of this. Um, is this a let's all move on and forget about it, nothing to see anymore a kind of solu- solution that is the worst of everything, but kind of the best of everything too? Well, Red Bull still seem adamant that, that they didn't break any cost cap 
rule. So they put out a statement last night, which we'd been told that no F1 teams would put out statements, but Red Bull did. Um, and they asked, they said that they are uh, very upset by the findings and that they will work with the FIA to come to some form of conclusion because they are still adamant that they are within the cap. So um, there is a process that teams can go through now. Um, I don't think we're going to hear the end of this anytime soon. I think we'll be lucky if we hear the end of this by Abu Dhabi, which of course is quite frustrating for fans because they have essentially been told yesterday that there was some wrongdoing or the team was um, outside of the cost cap regulations um, and they are going to want to know what happens next and, and what the punishment is. The teams, obviously, they, the other teams outside of Red Bull have obviously been quite vocal in that, that they believe that the punishment should be swift and hard. Um, F1 themselves and the FIA, when they launched this initiative, said this has teeth. Ross Braun says this regulation has teeth if you are found to be uh, cheating and your sever and the severity is high, then you could lose your championship. Now, Red Bull have been found to be in minor breach, so maybe not as bad as what was uh, originally rumoured. But um, there are still reprimands that could that could impact them. Uh, it, again, it all depends on how much over that five percent threshold, which equates to around about seven million dollars um, over the original one hundred and forty five million dollars. Uh, it depends on how much they're found to be over it, how cooperative they are with the FIA for the remainder of the investigation and then what the FIA deem to be a suitable punishment. Now, it does actually can go to what's called the cost cap adjudication panel, which is an independent uh, panel of judges. Uh, so they are they are separate from the FIA. They are separate from F1. They're separate from the teams. And uh, it, it could, if it gets that far, be ultimately that panel of judges that decides Red Bull's punishment. Um, but it could be as simple as a public reprimand, which is essentially just a official telling off, which means that nothing happens uh, Red Bull keep all their points. Max keeps his championships, um, and we and we try and move on from here. But if if you read Twitter, and I guess it depends on what kind of fan you are, um, people are baying for blood. Now, I'm not sure that that's correct. Um, it all really does depend on how far over and in what instances. I think that Red Bull, if if they have, as the FIA have suggested in their investigation, gone over the cap. Um, so we'll have to wait to see. But this could be a long, drawn out process. There can be. Um, you know, even if we do get the cost cap adjudication panels finding and they go say this punishment fits the crime, um, the Red Bull could appeal that and take it to the International Court of Appeal. So we could be here. We could be here into next season and still not know what the punishment might be for 2021. And presumably there's no chance that they were over the cap in 2021 and that they might also be over the cap in 2022. Surely that like once would be unfortunate, two would look like carelessness. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing with, well, the, the the problem that we've had this year is it's the first year, well, last year was the first year of the cap. And so there are still grey areas that teams are arguing that where they're not clear on what is and what isn't included or how you can submit certain uh, certain spending and, 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 and not others. So um, you would suggest that they, they've, they've entered into 2022 or you would assume that they've entered into 2022 with the same attitude as 2021. Um, so that will remain to be seen. And, and the problem with a sport that's based on technological advancement, engineering advancement, once you've spent on an area, then it's kind of hard to not still reap the rewards of having overspent in that area. So it's one of those things where uh, we had a not a similar uh, scandal, but a, a, the Spygate scandal where Ferrari was and McLaren were found to have swapped notes, essentially. Um, and even though 
McLaren didn't use any notes that it took from Ferrari, uh, the, the FIA deemed that even just knowing them, even just reading them means that you cannot forget that knowledge and therefore we cannot guarantee that you wouldn't then go on to use that knowledge. So they were, they had their championship in 2007 uh, taken away from them. Constructors championship was stripped from McLaren that year. So we have seen um, similar and harsh penalties uh, awarded by the FIA. That was quite a long time ago, as I said, 2007. Um, but it will all depend. Like We still don't have the details of what the overspend was. All we know is that it was in the minor overspend category. Yeah, and as you say, Jess, like that, that, that's quite important, I guess. Like minor overspend yeah. category, so less than 5% of the, of the, daily, of the uh, annual budget. But as you say, the upper end of that could be $7 million. I mean, You're seeing things online that maybe suggest it's around the $1 million mark, potentially, but, but who knows? We don't have the final figure yet. Like Lewis Hamilton has, has essentially come out and said that he feels if Mercedes had overspent by even $300,000 that maybe they would have won the championship last year, he would have won the Drivers' Championship. So the figures, the figures do matter here. It, it does. It's, it's an expensive sport that is built on development. The entire reason for the cost cap being introduced was to try to level the playing field to stop the big teams just throwing money into performance and, and, and running away from it and not allowing anybody else to, to catch up. So money makes F1 go round. It's, 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 it's fundamental to the sport and to the sport that we see out on track. So it is, it is important. It is very important. It just, as I said, it depends on, on, on what areas. Now, I mean, we all know that most businesses can sometimes get smart with their books in terms of how they put money. And I, I would be under no illusion, whilst there's no evidence of this, that every team has been very clever with how they have submitted their budgets. Um, so, you know, I don't think there's any uh, <laughs> kind of, there's probably no innocent party, as it were, but uh, if you fall within the regulations, you fall within the regulations and that's okay. But yeah, money is is central to this, to this sport. And uh, it, it can be the difference between being competitive or, or not at all so it is important it's, it is the reason why it got brought in it was to, to try and make sure that we don't have one team dominating because they can just throw money at it yes it's some, uh, John Claffey in the comments with us this morning on YouTube saying I'm sure you could get a nice upgrade for 7 million dollars especially in the championship that went down to the last lap that's if the uh, overspend of course was at the upper end um, Jess we, we almost forget that uh, I guess the story that's been hidden from the weekend is that Max Verstappen has become a, yeah. a two time world champion um, a little bit of an anti-climax and, and not least because I know Alex Albon was talking after the race and saying because of the weather and the conditions he almost felt like the race shouldn't have gone ahead and then there, there we are afterwards kind of wondering is this full points given out for this race? Is it not full points? Which is obviously crucial for, for Max Verstappen and, and uh, whether or not he, he secured the championship. He seemed confused himself after the race, but as, it's, as it turns out, he is the two-time world champion. He is. And in, in a way, I feel sorry for him because he's not yet won a championship without question marks next to it. Um, and not in terms of whether he's deserving or not, because he's he's been untouchable this season and was so competitive last season as well so um i feel a bit sorry for him in that way i mean i don't think he's necessarily bothered he does seem to take this kind of stuff on the chin and just say well i'm champion so move on um so yeah but yeah sunday sunday was just one of the strangest days i think that i've worked in formula one just because of the the crane incident the the red flag situation where we 
we didn't have any racing um, for like two hours or something like that. I think the red flag went on for. We then had a race that was um, didn't didn't meet full distance because we do have a time limit on how long we can run races for. So we hit the two hour window. And that was the point where everyone got rather confused because everybody, including the broadcasters, had been displaying what happens if we don't reach full distance and then what points are then awarded based on how far through the race we have got. But once uh, Max across the line and Leclerc had had, uh, he went he went off trying to defend from Sergio Perez, uh, ended up going off the track and was deemed to have gained an advantage and so was given a five-second penalty, which dropped him down to third. And in doing so, with full points, awarded Max Verstappen the championship. But nobody seemed to know, other than F1 and the FIA, that that's what was happening. Um, so everybody was extremely confused. And it, as you say, it was a little bit of an anticlimax for Max. Um, I think I, I joked that we didn't get to see Christian Horner on the radio telling Max that he was the world champion. He found out in Park for May, uh, well, when Johnny Herbert announced it to him because he got told in his ear, oh no, we're awarding full points for this race. So mathematically he's the champion. So it's it's one of those things about Formula One. I mean, I, I would argue that if not even the teams and drivers know the rules and know what's going on, then something isn't quite right here. We should have the people at play understanding the rules because what what happens there is that people will play the end of the race differently because they think they are they are strategizing their race based on a certain points haul so they would they we could have had a completely different scenario a completely different ending to the race if the strategists and the teams were clear that actually this is this is these are the points we're getting at the end of the day based on the position that we're in so it's it's one of those things where there's almost too much red pen in the regulations where we've gone back and amended things and changed wording um, and everybody's then left a little bit confused because this point system based on distance all came about after spa last year where we saw two laps behind the safety car and called that a race and there was uproar so it was it was there to try and not let that happen again but in doing so the wording of the regulations went potentially clear and because we did get racing again even though we didn't meet full distance, uh, we get full points. But genuinely, there was a lot of a lot of confused heads across the media center, uh, in the teams. I was talking to team members afterwards, and they had no clue that that was what was going to happen. So something again is not quite right. I think we do need a serious overhaul of the regulations to make sure that everybody knows what's going on. A bit of clarity for the the viewers at home. Not to mention the participants would be good. And the guy who's just been made champion. That no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the champion. Am I, am I the champion? That that is all time great footage, um, which I'm sure will make the documentary. Jess, great stuff. Great to have you with us again. Thanks a million. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.